You are now listening to the After Midnight Gospel on Station ATBR. ATBR, into the night. This is Reese here, and I'm your leader for this After Midnight Revival, taking you into the wee hours of the morning, playing the latest and greatest, taking all requests. Remember, you say them, we play them. But first, here's a hit from one of our favorites. Yes, you can take that as an audition for whatever radio station is out there. If this was a real radio station, that would have been a kick-ass intro, and that would have been a really great song to play, especially for the After Midnight Hour, which this is. This is certainly After Midnight, and somehow for the third episode in a row, I find myself up in the very wee hours of the morning, hence saying the after midnight gospel speaking of midnight gospel it's a very interesting show on netflix uh made by the creator of a little cartoon called adventure time which in my opinion is one of the most important shows of the 2010s don't fight me on this it's just the truth but back to that radio station yep sometimes i think i should have been a radio dj in my previous life not one of those really popular ones but the one that plays that weird wee hours, the midnight, the graveyard shift, something to get people from that 12 to 6 range, you know, for the the stoners, the loners, the people who work overnight, the people on those long, lonely drives back to or to wherever or from wherever, when they're like, I need something, I need something. And I would just find that right thing for them. I wouldn't play the most popular music. Hell, I might not even play music that a lot of people like, but I'd have that witty thing to say every now and again that makes somebody say, you know what? I like this guy. I think I'm going to keep coming back to him. And he keeps me company at weird hours of the day when no one else does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see me doing that. I could definitely see me doing that. Hmm, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should twist this podcast to a radio broadcast slash podcast. Nah, just kidding. Or am I? So, I really wasn't intending on making this a thing <laughs> three times in a row. It just happened to work out that way. But part of me thought this might work out this way. And why? Because I actually had my equipment set up just in case I wake up at a strange hour and I feel like recording. I can. It was set up so I didn't have to do much setup. And I just said, you know what? Let me go. Let me get there. I woke up at around three o'clock in the morning and I said, the moment I was like, ah, I'm feeling pretty groggy. I don't think I can do it, etc., etc. But then around 3 30, when I was not getting to sleep, I started getting energy. And I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can actually have another episode 
I can hammer it out. Something pretty cool. And if anyone ever discovers this, they'll be like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm going to listen to a lot of episodes of his back to back to back. Why? Because I want people to be able to binge my content if they want. I don't want people to have to wait for things. Because that's how I like consuming things. I will consume whatever for, you know, long, short, short periods of time, but long bursts within those periods. So I can binge anything just about. And it makes me appreciate someone with a lot of content, like how I have on my YouTube videos. Shameless plug. Speaking of plugs, let's get that out the way right now. Please review, good or bad, please review my podcast on wherever, just because I need some reviews, people see reviews. Um, I'm about, this is about, this is episode 17. This is, I've made 17 of these, funny enough. And I am plan on making a lot more. And eventually, when I have a lot more, then maybe I'll think about taking it somewhere making it big or whatever. But for right now, I just want this to be a thing that you stumble across and enjoy. And I know that sounds counterintuitive to the way people do things, but that's actually my kind of how I like to create. I want the creation to be for the creation's sake and for it to stand on its own. Now, it's not to say I don't want people to enjoy what I do. I want people to enjoy what I do very much. Absolutely. But I want it to be that O word. <laughs> I'm talking organic. I'm talking about organic, not the other one. Even though, hey, if it's the other one, good for you. I don't know what it is about the bewitching hours between, I would say, three and five that I just resonate with so much or that I love so much that I find myself drawn to it. But I can remember back when I was driving. Um, part-time or full-time or whatever, that the hours between three and five were some of my most favorite hours. Some of my favorite experiences happened between them. My city's bars and surrounding areas closed around two o'clock a.m., so I did not love the two to three o'clock hour because that's when you'd be taking most of the drunk and disorderly people home, and that is the most likely time where your car will be vomited in or someone's going to do something stupid in your car or around your car or to your car or with your car. And I have my fair share of stories about that, but not an overwhelming amount. So for me, two o'clock was never my favorite hour in the world. In fact, driving wise, it was almost my least favorite hour and the hour I would always dread the most as far as when I'm out there. And 5 o'clock is usually when the busy period starts. That's when people need to get to the airport or get to their early job, et cetera, et cetera. So 5 o'clock would be the start of something very busy for me just about every day. But that 3 to 5, that 3 to 5, it would be something magical. That's usually when you get somebody with a story to tell. That's somebody that who probably sealed the deal sealed the deal but they either could not stay or didn't want to stay wherever they were or it'd be the person it'd be the bartender or server or 
wait staff or bus staff that finally got done with their shift, finally got done cleaning up after these people, and were ready to go home themselves. And in all of them, I would find a bit of a kindred spirit with them because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to have to serve people and they'll be exhaustive and then you still have to get home yourself. And I also know what it's like to kind of close the deal but not close the deal all the way or or to have to retreat when you just have to retreat. It's like, oh, well. Hey, we did a thing and you gotta go. It's like, but what, I can't sleep here? No, no, Reese, you can't sleep here. Oh, oh, okay. Are you gonna call me? Slam the door. I've called you an Uber. Get out. <laughs> In any case, at that time, there would be a stillness, a quiet, a rhythm, a drum, something. It would be that something that's like, yeah, this is right the city or area would be asleep except you and a few other cars also taking people to their destinations or going to their destinations and then it opens up into the morning the day and it's like well let's see what awaits me i say all that to say i would have been an excellent after midnight dj from 12 to 6 just or two to six actually it's two to six from two to six playing whatever i like talking to people and coming up with the next song or the next thing to talk about like i'm about to right now i have a problem and you're probably going to think it's a good problem to have when i explain it but then you'll realize how it is a nightmare unlike other people I've never been confused for not having a job. No, no, no. I'm always known as someone who has a job, even if I don't work at the place that people think I have a job at. No matter where I'm going, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what I'm wearing. Invariably, this is what happens. I'm in retail store A, B, or C. I am shopping for myself, enjoying, just looking around, not really paying attention. Someone will see me and they'll look at me and that look of recognition will dawn over their face. And as soon as I see that look of recognition wash over them, I prepare myself because I know what's going to happen next. So I try to make myself as unavailable looking as possible because they saunter over to me and ask me for help. Because obviously, I work at whatever establishment that we are both in at the time. Even though I'm giving off big F-off energy, unfortunately with retail, that's not something that's unusual, and it's also not something that would deter anyone from getting what they need. This happens to me all the time even in this day and age any type of store you can think of i have been confused as working for there no matter what i'm wearing whether i'm wearing a suit a tie some jeans t-shirt colors that don't match the retail store at all 
no matter what it is, they think I work there. Even when I'm with other people and we're obviously shopping, it looks like I work there. And I've had to tell people politely I don't work there. I've had to tell people straight up not so politely that I don't work there. I've had to tell people in different languages that I don't work there because they refuse to believe I don't work there. I've overheard conversations about people talking about, be like, hey, that guy, he definitely works here. He's probably the supervisor. I'm like, no, I'm here like you are, looking for something like you are. Please leave me alone. So sometimes I make it into a little game when I know someone's definitely trying to come after me to ask me a question. I'll go to a different aisle. I'll zigzag. I'll see how far they're willing to go to find me. And people are willing to go far. People are willing to go far. And I don't have the patience for when people ask me, hey, do you work here? So I give them some straight. No, I don't work there. It's no, don't be rude to customers. You're not my customer. You're, I don't serve you ever. <laughs> not in that capacity. And I won't. So please, please, oh, please get out of my face. And so for a while, I wondered, what is it about me that makes people think that I work for a living? Why do you assume I work at all? I could not work. Why do you assume I work there? I could work someplace better than there. Much, much better than wherever you think I work for. And then I realized it. it's because I have resting work face. Yep, my face just looks like someone who works all the time for his whole entire life. No matter what. I think it's the equal levels of stress and responsibility that dawn my face. I think those really just frame that, hey, he works all the time, everywhere, forever. I probably look like I work in my sleep. So, yeah, why should I blame them for thinking I work there? Even though there's been some cases where it's I have every right to be absolutely hot that someone thinks I work somewhere. Because sometimes it's been outright bias that makes somebody think I work somewhere. It's because of stereotyping. It's like, really? <sighs> I wish you were better than that. I wish you were better than that. But you're not. It's kind of like that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. And I won't repeat that episode. I won't go into that episode synopsis. Just if you know, you know. That's actually a weird one, if you know, you know. I don't say that that often, so that's hilarious that I use it in that case. But sometimes, it fits just perfectly. But yeah, even in this climate <laughs> of people staying away from each other and wearing masks, they can even still see it through the mask. Hey, he definitely works here, even though he's obviously got a shopping cart and is putting things in it instead of taking things out of it and putting it on shelves. And other things. So, that's my lot in life. People always assuming I got a job. Just another way the man's trying to keep me down. Who's the man? Speaking of another topic, who is the man indeed? Who is the man? Or as Sean Connery, rest in peace, famously coined the phrase, You're the man now, dog. I don't know how that's going to sound in post-production. Hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. But I had this thought, right? Many times when we get a hold of something early, 
that a lot of other people aren't uh, hip to yet or up on yet, we get excited. We take pride in that. We take pride in being an early adopter of someone or something that it's, you know, in our mind, excellent or awesome and should end up big or should end up successful, et cetera, et cetera. It's like a stock. You invest in a stock so that it grows, except for when it comes to artists, actors, musicians, uh, TV shows, et cetera, et cetera. We, a lot of us kind of like something with a cult, with a more cult-like following instead of something being big and popular, which is interesting to me. A lot of us really like keeping that something to be our thing, to be that thing that is unique to us. And we liked them before they got bigger. And once they got big, things changed, et cetera, et cetera. And there's been so many takes on this that there's nothing really new that I can add to the conversation, I don't believe. But I'll try to just add what I think about that. <sighs> For me, I'm at the stage where I absolutely like it when the things that I'm into or the things that I appreciate or the artist I appreciate, the work I appreciate gets big and gets it recognition and gets it to do because they deserve it to me. In my opinion, that is a much deserved accolade or reward or credit that they're getting that for me, I thought that they should always get like, wow, this is really funny, or this is really entertaining, or this is really thought-provoking. Why is no one else up on this like I am? So, when other people do come up on it, or it does become big or popular, I was like, that artist is going to go places, or that song is going to do a lot of numbers. It makes me feel good. Not only about them, but also my instincts that I knew, hey... There's something here. It means for me personally that taste is very a very subjective thing. This is something we all should know. Even those of us that think that we are right about what we like and dislike, taste is a very personal thing. It's so much, you can't say someone's wrong for liking or not liking something that you do or appreciating or not appreciating something you do. Or even appreciating something that you do, but in a different way. You can't say their way is wrong. It's just not the way you appreciate things. But we're so caught up in this right and wrong thing that we lose the point of enjoying whatever it is. And we're so far gone that we instead, we instead write dissertations and theses about why or why not instead of just letting it be and letting it exist. So for me, I like to take all of that out of the equation for myself. I put things into categories. Do I enjoy it? Yes. Do I enjoy it and I think it could be popular? Yes. Then it's going to go. Do I enjoy it but I think it's really niche? Yes. Then it's probably not going to go as far. Do I not enjoy it but I think others will enjoy it? Yes, that's probably going to go. That's popular. So, 
what I subjectively want to get big and what I objectively think is going to get big are two usually very different things. But I think I've honed my, I want to say ears and kind of pop culture sensibilities to know what's going to make it versus what's not going to make it into the ether, into the atmosphere. So it's while we want to keep these indie darlings, the indie darlings, maybe they don't want to continue to be indie darlings. Maybe they have to say that or show that because that's their core audience. But maybe, just maybe, they want to sell out. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do. Maybe it's somewhere in between that. But the least we could do is give them the opportunity to explore whatever kind of artistry they want to. All too often, because we love the work of an artist who stayed in this one particular lane, we want them to always produce some level of that kind of work where they're really somewhere else. (laughs) They're really somewhere else. And they either make that other art and it's well-received, or they make that other art and it's poorly received, or they're afraid to make that other art because how they feel they'll be received. Because how we consume them is we want them in this box that we know them for. And I wish I could say something really profound like success is its own prison, but I can't. Why? Because I have not personally been successful. So for me to say that would be, it would be a guest at best because it's never been an issue I've had. Maybe one day, hopefully, it will be an issue I've had. Because I do plan on continuing to create. I want to create. I want to get out there. I want to put my work out there for it to be consumed, critiqued, deconstructed, constructed. But also, I do want some measure of success with my work. Now, the question is, what does success entail for me when I think about work? I think the ability to make any project I want get done within whatever budget I need and for it to be produced in the ideal way that I want to be produced would right now be success for me. I'm not putting a dollar amount on it. I'm not putting a number of people reach to it. I would love for my work to reach a lot of people, but and I say this with all sincerity, I really love it when people stumble upon my work or find my work and really resonate with it. And I think it's because that I don't have to satisfy a lot of people that it can resonate with the few. Because if I had to make something for everyone, that would be (laughs) a Marvel movie, which is great. Marvel movies are great, uh, relatively speaking. But it's something for everyone. But I, right now, where I am, I think I want to make things that are emotionally evocative for the few. (laughs) So they become really, not fanatical about me, but fanatical about my work. Be like, man, I really love this creator's work. I really love what they do. Or it really resonates with me. Or, you know what? He's kind of weird. 
and I like that. I want, even if my works are all different, for it to be something that's something thematically that makes you say, oh, he did this. He definitely did this. I can see and hear what he did. I can feel what he did on this one. This is all him. I think there's something kind of cool about that. So that right now, at least in this journey of my creative ride, that's where I am. Well, let's not make any mistakes. That's not where I am. But ideally, that's where I hope to get to sooner than later. And then I hope to reach even loftier goals than that. But for right now, let's call this the groundwork, the foundational work before I become that overnight success. <laughs> Which is funny because most overnight successes take a while. With the exception of virality, but there's a lot of people that put a lot of work into trying to go viral and it never happens for them. Or it does happen for them, but it doesn't lead to anything. So, But that is something I talked about in a, an earlier episode, so we don't have to go there. I'm just saying, when your favorite TV show or author or band or rapper, singer, song gets popular, gets big, maybe don't be so upset that everyone finally has good taste or everyone finally joined the party. Just be happy that they're finally at the party and they can appreciate the artist or the art like you do. Not exactly like you, but they appreciate it and so do you. And now you have a connection. And yeah, it's a little annoying when they try to tell you about this cool thing that you've been on. But guess what? Better late to the party than never. And other lies. See, that's a title. Throw call back to a previous title. I had. Whatever. Who cares? No one cares. No one even checks the title. <laughs> Speaking of titles, I when, my, when I used to do videos, or I still do videos, but when I like really really did my youtube videos i would always make these really just elaborate descriptions that had nothing to do with the uh <laughs> with the video at first like the first few sentences would be about the video but then the sentences after that would be like some really deep philosophical or just some off the wall stuff and i was hoping that eventually people would start reading the descriptions and be like Oh man, that is a really just crazy idea or something like that. But no one ever did. No one ever did. And you know how I know no one ever did? Because I would always put like, hey, if you get this, put this in the comments, etc., etc. Never happened. <laughs> I was like, man, that's crazy. No one ever reads the descriptions. When I realized, hey, I don't even read the descriptions of videos I watch. Ever. I don't ever do it. I never, ever do it. So why should I expect others to do it when I don't? That's just silly. But just like the rest of my art, I imagine someday some intrepid soul will be like, hey, let me just read this description because who knows and find some of the wacky stuff that I wrote back then when I was doing that and be like, man, this guy's different. Or, man, this guy's weird. I'm not listening to him anymore. And so I'm starting to wonder, have I found a home with these 
after midnight shows. Have I? I don't know. I feel like I found something. I may have found a groove. I may not have, though. Who knows? I, I could just be making that up. And it just so happens that my sleep schedule has synced up with making this because the rest of the day I'm usually busy, etc., etc. But I feel like the last few episodes I found a nice energetic groove, which is strange for the wee hours of the morning for me. Because right after this, I'm probably going to go to sleep, but for right now, tons of energy. But it's something about hitting that stop button that just takes it all out of me. But until there's no more of me, I'm going to keep making these because I enjoy them. And I hope you're enjoying them too. So uh, I think we're going to get back to the radio station. And that was the latest hit. Again, hope you enjoyed that one. This has been the After Midnight Gospel from the ATBR radio show, AM. Bring you to the wee hours of the morning. I hope you have an incredible day and you've enjoyed your time with us. And until next time, remember, stay weird. <laughs>